a good system would say, Sarah's played 400 hours of RimWorld. Would you like to check in on her? <laughs> that would be really thoughtful. Couchbase is a SQL-friendly, multi-cloud-to-edge, NoSQL database architected on top of an open-source foundation. Join them at connect.online, their two-day virtual technical conference for developers that has over 60 deep-dive sessions where you can learn about Couchbase, hone your application development skills, and network with peers and tech experts. Ready to develop your path? Register for Connect today and learn more at couchbase.com slash path. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Hey, Ben. Hey, Paul. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Ben. So I got a cool news story that came across my feed this morning. It said 2020 was supposed to be a slow year for video games. There's like the big systems were going to announce their next gen consoles, but not release them. So everybody's going to wait. But obviously, with everybody cooped up at home, thanks to a global pandemic, sales surged up 20% or something like that. And then I saw that the video game industry annually is around $45 billion dollars. And the film industry, which I didn't realize this is like 10, 11, 12 billion. The video game industry is huge. And I feel like the pandemic is just going to make it bigger. Do people who work in software in the video game industry, do they cross over easily into other things, consumer or enterprise? Are they just like in their own world that doesn't cross over? Yeah, no, they're definitely in their own world. Uh, Here's something that's not intuitive from the outside. Software developers in the video game industry make very little money compared to software. Very little money. And it's super competitive because it's every little boy's dream. And so, and then very many little girls also dream the same thing. And so they wake up and they want to do this and they study it and they go and they're like, 20 people want this job and it pays nothing. And even if you work on a successful game, like you're still not making that much. Because you're part of a studio with like a thousand people and everybody's job is to like work on the pixels for one level or whatever. And you're just hoping like someday somebody will see my genius or my studio will break through. But like, right, there's so much demand to get into the studio job because it's so coveted. It's like, I finally get to make video games my dream come true. Yeah. And also- Oh, those poor people. Yeah. And also like, if you think about how it transfers and I don't know, I haven't done too much game development. So I may, this may be an uneducated opinion, but I kind of look like going from game development as going to web development as being like a brain surgeon- and then becoming a like like a dog walker. A dog walker. <laughs> yes. Now, first of all, like that was a little reductive, right? <laughs> yeah. Like there's and it, frankly, with WebAssembly, it's all one big blob. <laughs> but there are these things, like you know, you'll talk to somebody, you'll get to know them, and then they'll be like, guess what? It's kind of weird, but one got a big job at Google. And you're like, oh, okay. And maybe you'll hear from them like once every six months <laughs> after that. And then you'll talk to somebody and they got a job at Apple. And that's it. Your friendship's over. They have now left. <laughs> it's like they emigrated from Ireland in the 1800s. Like they went to the better land and yeah, you never hear about right. them again. That's it. And then the game industry, you never hear from anybody except, yeah, that was tough. I was, I really loved games and I was in the game industry. <laughs> yeah, and you need to really worry about yeah. their health. You're either 100% in the game industry, living games, thinking about 3D algorithms, worrying about code. And so, like, it's a weird world because I think engineering is split up. Gaming is its own universe, and it's punitive. Like, Cyberpunk 2077, they promised no crunch time, and then the memo (laughs) went around. And it's like, I know this will be really disappointing to everyone, and we promised no crunch time, but we need everybody to work on Saturday. Yeah, people get very angry when things are not done in time. Like when I don't release a feature on time, 
I personally hate myself. I feel like I've disappointed the world. But in reality, people are going to go on living. When a gaming company is late on a game. What about all the people who pre-ordered Stack Overflow Dark Mode? Those people are angry. (laughs) (laughs) This is what's tricky. It's very similar to films in that you kind of get one chance to get out of the gate. And then there's lots of stuff, you know, you're going to sell it on home video or right, sell right. it to Netflix or whatever for movies. But for same for games, like there's that like endless aftermarket where if something's a hit, people will still right. play it 10 years later. Like civilizations, you get a franchise. There must be some crossover now, though, between like the back end. Like if you're the person who's like making Fortnite work so anybody can hop on and hop off and like calculating the stats and keeping all the servers going, I bet you could go get a job at Netflix, right? Like there must be on the back end some crossover. But see, those lives are in hell in the same way, yeah. right? Because what, what happens is, you know, Sarah's talking about features. Like, we're essentially, you get that thing out the door. You're supposed to launch an MVP that's kind of anemic and sucks and doesn't have every feature. And you get on an iterative roadmap. Maybe you're wrestling with the backlog. Maybe you've got a sort of forward-looking product vision. Whatever, right? Like, you're in this zone where ideally, you might have to work hard, but you probably, the idea is this will just kind of keep going. Stack would implode if everybody had to work 80 hours a week because it would never end. There's (laughs) no end inside of Stack. No, there's no release. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to organize around that and you're going to get your your margins and your revenue from those incremental releases and building the platform and more people coming on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the numbers, you know, it'll be like the new Grand Theft Auto comes out and God knows they're probably working on another one right now. We're going to find out. And it made $280 billion in the first (laughs) nine minutes. Yeah. And you're like, oh. That's it. That nine minutes is that whole company's and everybody's salaries for the next five years. And if it doesn't, then yeah, it's not good. That's it. All right. I really related to this article because the other day I opened up my favorite video game for a little while now. It's called RimWorld. And it said in big letters on Steam, you have played 344 hours of RimWorld. Do you like it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> would you recommend this game to a friend? Or would you yeah, warn exactly, a friend exactly never to get would you close recommend to this, this game? enormous time suck? <laughs> I was like, if I played it that much, I obviously would recommend it. Yeah, I mean, because really, like, see, computers are so patronizing. Like, really, at that point, if the computer was having an honest relationship with you, it would say, Sarah, how, how are things? Sarah, right. what's going on? How are you feeling? Have you talked to um, your parents? <laughs> Gone for any walks recently? Yeah. It's like, hey, Sarah, you've played 300 zillion hours of, of <laughs> That would World. be so exploitative. If they just started, they would like just tell your friend, like a little pop-up, be like, Sarah played 400 hours of this game. It must be pretty good, huh? Just that. They don't even ask you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just let you know that your friends are addicted. What is good about RimWorld? I don't know much about it. Okay. So you crash, you are a bunch of folks in a spaceship. You crash land on an empty mm. planet. You have to create your own settlement. And like sometimes people come and attack you and then like you level up. Like first you only have like wood and metal. Sci-fi yeah. Sim City, right? Like it is, kind of, it is. And and then yeah. like there's a really it's open source and it's an indie game. There's a really open and like there's a vibrant community making mods. And they really recently released it with one of the mods that's like the royalty version. So you can become like princess of Rimworld. So that was like <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's that's in my wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Games are purely about satisfying like the need of a human being to gain power and territoriality. Like they just yeah. are so good at it. It's just like, yes, I'm a princess of <laughs> Rimworld. <laughs> and you know, you're world. you're also an adult. <laughs> and like I feel this way when I fly in flight simulator. I'm like, ha, world. Yeah, when I was just a baroness, I was just really hustling to get to that princess level. 
Oh, I'm looking at it too. It looks kind of cyberpunky yeah. too. Like cyberpunk great. civilization, SimCity. It looks great. Yeah, exactly. There's also in two really great releases that I've loved this pandemic is Fall Guys and Among Us, which I haven't played yet, but I've heard everyone loves it. I'm playing it this weekend. People really love Fall Guys. They think it's Fall great. Guys is great. It is amazing and it's so much fun. My only problem with like the AAA games because I because I'm really cool and hip and into it. I just bought Witcher. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> just right here on the on the cutting edge, old Paul Ford. Um, and it's just like, I got into it and it's fun. And like, you know, I'm like, oh, I see how this is going to go. I bet I'm going to get a lot of powers and, and go on some quests. And then I'm like, yeah, that's going to be like 40 hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. You got to be into it, right? You got to be in the in the zone. Can't think about all the time you'll waste. You just got to waste it. Yeah, go and use yeah. logic. I just don't have it, right? This is a pandemic with twins. Yeah, it's true. Do they play games with you? Like if you all got into like Among Us or Fall Guys, could you do that? Fall Guys would be an option. We did get into Super Mario Kart. Yes. We got the Switch. Ooh, nice. You know what is great is Ring Fit Adventure. I love it. I was just going to say. For people who don't know it, it's just like a, it's Nintendo, but they give you a leg strap and a metal <laughs> circle. And then you use those things to do cardio fitness and, and sort of body and yeah. resistance stuff. And the thing is, it's like you're like, okay, I'm running. I get this. I'm shooting stuff. And then it's Nintendo. So there's 46,000 <laughs> micro games. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, you can, let's do the squat jump coin grabber. And you're like, suddenly you're in there and sweating. Is there any company that's brought more joy to more people? I think you could argue Nintendo is easily in the top three most joy over the last hundred years. They've been around, they used to make trading what? cards in Japan before they made video. They've been around since like 1895. Well, in 2020, the companies that bring joy, it tends to be like, that's the, the top part of the fraction and then the bottom part is just sheer misery, <laughs> pain, and destruction of democracy. Yeah, yeah. So N Nintendo's like way, way joy and just very little suffering. Yeah. What's wonderful is they don't, they want to exploit the last generation of technology. They're not, Actually, yeah. try, they're like, what else can we right, get out of the right. computer? That's so exciting. There's a great documentary called Indie Game. And if you haven't seen it, it's amazing. It's all about indie game developers, watching them create their dreams, watching how punishing mm. it is, seeing how it goes. Um, so if you want to learn more about game development, that may be the place to start. So we missed this gem uh, last week. In the UK, it was talking about the number of cases and uh, they were reporting, you know, COVID cases, trying to track this stuff as a public health. And it turned out that an extraordinary meltdown in an Excel spreadsheet containing lab results failed to update. And so then all of a sudden they had 16,000 new cases that were missed during a by a computer glitch. You want to walk me through what happened here? Is this something, is this Excel's fault? So no, this is the, so, okay, let's talk about this real life. Excel hasn't had like maximum row size in 10 years. <laughs> So this is like a machine that is at least at least 10 right. years old. No, no, Sarah, you've missed an important detail. Yeah. Rows can go to millions, but they used columns. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh, no, I have no excuse. There's no excuse. Isn't that amazing? It's spectacular. 10,000 people were not analyzed because of... Someone was got the X and Y axis <laughs> confused in wow, Excel. Like that is in wild. Excel. I think we would be horrified to learn though, like how many of those there are in the Oh no, there's no surprise. That's why like Airtable and right. things like that exist. Yeah, but the government can't use Airtable. It's gonna be like oh. 
40 Airtable hasn't been fed ramped and won't be for, yeah, exactly, another 10 years. You know what's weird is that, like, increasingly, because at work, right, like, you you run into environments. There's plenty of Airtable. There's Airtable all over these orgs. There's all these low-code solutions, smart sheets, and so on. And they'll pay the, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year for lots of seat licenses. And it's sort of great, wonderful, enterprise, hooray, thank you. You're, you've got single sign-on. And then you can't yeah. get adoption unless there is like a consulting wing of the house. Tableau is a great example. There are Tableau specialists. You install Tableau and then nobody uses it unless you spend lots yeah. of money for Tableau expertise to get you set up so that your data link can talk <laughs> to Tableau. And I, you know, notice how we're not talking about code, but everything we're talking about ultimately yeah. comes back to code. But yeah, no. No, definitely use, use Rose. Rose. Use when Rose. If there's anything you get from listening to this podcast, anything you walk away with. Although, and, and look, wait, wait, there's no excuse for someone managing critical health data to not know about the tool that they have. Like, that is really, really bad. But the reality is, that is an arbitrary distinction. Like, if, if a human being is sitting down in front of Excel and going, I'd like to organize my data, they might just like having, the, having named rows and data <laughs> columns. Yeah, and they might appreciate they, they, that view better. There's nothing wrong. It's There's absolutely nothing wrong with that up until the point. Once you're managing critical public health data in the midst of a pandemic, taking that hour is pretty important. All right, so we've talked about this a bunch, like whether or not people are going to stay in cities, whether or not people are going to return. Rents in San Francisco for studio apartments are down 20%, which is a pretty eye-popping jump. Maybe this is the time to be the contrarian, swim against the tide, and move to San Francisco. I don't know. I know a lot of people. No. I know a lot of people that have moved. I have a lot of friends that live in San Francisco, mm. and they are uh, headed yeah. out. I also know people who are trying to rent apartments in San Francisco and mm. cannot. What kind of apartment can't they find? No, 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 no. It's they have the apartment. They're trying to find renters. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, no, rents are down twenty percent. I mean, yeah. People are definitely pulling out, but whether or not that means, you know, like if you just graduated college or maybe you deferred for a year or something, now would be the time to go, right? Like before it was unaffordable. Now it's inching towards, it's still not affordable, but it's inching towards it. I don't know. It's all going to shake out. We know nothing. There's going to be an election. Maybe there'll be a huge influx of investment in blockchain (laughs) 2.0, the awakening. And like... Steve Aoki will release a new blockchain song. It'll be really exciting. I, I, yeah, someone will land on those uh, altcoins that I thought were a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that. It's like anything. I find Silicon Valley a little, a lot insufferable. I live in New York City for a reason. I love a lot of people out there. But you never, I, I wouldn't count it out. It's still an incredible powerhouse. And it, it's still where, when people want to go and live mm. tech, that is where they go. And that's right. that hasn't changed. Like, yeah. you know, everyone will be like, There's people don't want to go and live tech right now. Right. No. We're no, taking no, a little break. It's time to live video games. <laughs> yeah, it's time to live video games, live Netflix. I mean, you still have like three or four trillion dollars of capital just kind of floating yeah. around out there, right? Like, that, yeah. it's a lot of money. Got to go somewhere. It's, it's all going go into these SPACs. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with SPACs? This is with a new venture thing. Oh, no. What the is SPAC it? SPAC is oh. where they like, does it need my money? <laughs> it needs your money. You could liquidate your Dogecoin and go to get into a SPAC tomorrow. I can't liquidate it now. I cannot liquidate it now. <laughs> Speaking of San Francisco as the place where people live tech and like how it's taking over lives, did you guys catch any of Slack Frontiers yesterday? Absolutely. I'm, a, I'm, no, a, I'm your number one Slack Frontier. <laughs> Actually, can I, can I brag a little bit? There's a new feature in Slack where yeah. if you put your mouse over an emoji, an emoji response, it will zoom in on that emoji, not just tell you the name of it, but zoom in on it as well so you can see it. That is because I complained on Twitter. 
Because I was like, I'm old. I'm oh. tired of seeing wow. things and not seeing them. You're oh, welcome, wow. I see America. that. It gives you like a bigger version of it. <laughs> no, I got, a, I got a response directly from Stuart Butterfield, the wow. CEO of Slack, who, who went co-signed. And I was like, oh, well, that, yeah. that'll get done. Wow. <laughs> so Slack stories are coming. I'm going to reheat all of my Twitter and Instagram content and share it with my Slack. Slack. Share it on my Slack. Slack <laughs> Sarah, take all your TikToks, reheat them. Get them. <laughs> it's just me in different expensive pajamas. <laughs> I think this is ridiculous in that it's probably pretty useful because video, we do a thing at work called Show Your Work where people are nominated and, and sort of do little videos to yeah. present what they're up to. And it's a wonderful, wonderful way to see what's happening in the world. And it's very hard to just drop them yeah. in a channel. They, they kind of get lost really quickly. Some sort of context around video that makes it discoverable and, and gives people tools yeah. for telling stories inside of Slack is actually kind of good. I could see that. Like, you know how like you see if you have a message from someone, like their name is highlighted in a certain way. You're like, oh, that person's a story you hover over and they're like, this is the project I worked on today. I'm going to talk to you for about it for a minute. And that's it. That seems kind of cool, right? And it's asynchronous. Or a little screen sharing, you know, where you record right. a little video. It's just stuff like Slack that. Slack stories was the first one where you were kind of like, oh, give me a break. But when you think about it a little deeper, it makes sense. The other one is push to talk. Are you familiar with this feature they introduced? where it's kind of like there's a Discord channel could be running in one of your Slack rooms and you can just hop in and out and talk. And if you want, like, it's just like live chat. I, I, they said it's meant to like be more like you're back in the office and you lean back in your chair and you're like, hey, Paul, remember that thing we're working on? Whatever happened to the blah, blah, blah. I don't like that. <laughs> but don't yeah, that. and this is even scarier because you're home alone and then just somebody's voice is coming out of your computer. <laughs> no, that's not good. That's not, but you know, maybe it will be good. Who knows? Slack, Slack tends to make overall very good right. product decisions. We're in it all the time right. and we don't hate it. Like I hated Microsoft yeah. Word, hated it. I thought yeah. it was mm. going to kill me. All right, Sarah, I want your opinion on the shoes because if people don't know this, Slack has released its own brand of footwear. <laughs> yeah. I think they're cute, but no one wants that. The only people that are going to wear them are VCs. The only ones who are going to wear it are people who work in the, you know, work at Slack that, in the C-level. That's like, good yeah. morale. When you've, reached, nice the, when you've reached the, like, you know, the merch phase of your yeah. company, you know you're doing well. When when it gets serious, like Apple did this at one point, it had a lot of Apple branded clothes yeah. with Apple colors in the, in the late 80s, early 90s. And uh, when it gets to that point where it's not just like a jacket or a t-shirt, it just is like instant irony for everybody. It's just like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. And then it just gets more ironic over time. Like those slack <laughs> shoes should buy them now and wear them 10 years from now. And they'll yeah. simply be the funniest artifact of clothing that anyone You know, that's a really seen. good idea. I'm going to do that. That's great. That'll be, people will love that in 10 years when I'm also, the, I'm just going to be embarrassing. So that'll be the one, oh, my, totally. one redeeming factor will be my slack shoes. I mean, past results, but there is a sneaker exchange website. Oh, like, no. I mean, yeah. you know, sneakers are, are very and stable source of Cole Haan. Like, why? If it was like Slack Air Jordans, I would be like, "Oh, this yeah. is great! I'm hyped." Let's be really clear here. You know, if you're Slack and you're getting shoes made, I don't think Air Jordan is sitting Slack there at the Air table. Jar- Slack. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just brands, brand <laughs> equity. It's a complicated conversation, yeah. and it seems like everybody's doing great. So I'm happy. All right, should we look at a few hot questions? Do a lifeboat and hop off. Sounds great. Yes, please. Okay. The International Space Station is a different gravitational field than us on Earth's surface. Almost all computers and protocols depend on the Unix epoch being consistent everywhere. Unix epoch is the same for all computers on the Earth's surface since they were in the same gravitational field. Do the computers on the ISS need to be corrected for this difference? The net effect is that the time on the space station is 0.0000014 slower than the time on Earth. <laughs> so... 
In its whole 22 year history, it has lost about a hundredth of a second. That's a pretty good answer. I think uh, I like the answer below it better, and it's no computer clocks are inaccurate. (laughs) That's the classic answer. If you're late for your appointment on ISS, it's a really big problem. All right, y'all, it's that time of the week. We're going to do a lifeboat. This week, we awarded a lifeboat to Alex K for answering the question How can I cut a string after X characters? And there are six answers here. This question was asked seven years ago and has been viewed 25,000 times. Simply, var trunk equals A, B, C, D, E, F dot substring zero three. So thank you, Alex K. Good one, Good Alex one. K. Yeah. There's been a bunch of answers here, but it seems like it keep, the answer keeps getting smaller and smaller. This is kind of like code golf. So Alex K gave the answer in the least number of characters. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. And if you want to reach us, you can always email us podcast at stackoverflow.com. I'm Sarah Chips, Director of Community here at Stack Overflow. You can find me at Sarah Joe on GitHub. And I'm Paul Ford, friend of Stack Overflow. You can see my company, postlight.com, but also go vote. Today. Yeah, it's good to vote. get, out of, get here. out of here. Go vote. Let's go vote. And if you want to see an emoji, you just have to hover. That's right. You're welcome, <laughs> America. Go vote. <laughs>